0: Welcome to TCS, the Tech Central Show, brought to you by Tech Central. We have a new name for the show. We used to be called TC Daily. We're now TCS, but you can still subscribe to us on YouTube at the same place. And that address, if you don't know it by now, is youtube.com slash techcentral. And you can also get us through any any podcasting app, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or Spotify. Simply search Tech Central, one word in those apps, and uh, hit that subscribe button, and you'll always... Get our shows when we publish them. Now, I'm joined all the way from Stellenbosch, the lucky bugger, by Paul Rowett, who co-founded and is leading a new venture called TOCO. Now, uh TOCO has drawn top investors, including the founders of Fiber to the Home Company, Vumatel, and Michael Jordan, the celebrity venture capitalist and former FMB CEO. You're an illustrious company here, Paul. Uh, welcome to the show. This new venture is all about cryptocurrencies, and trying to save the world. Tell us a bit about TOCO, how it got started, and who all is involved apart from the names I've just mentioned.
1: Thanks, Duncan. Good to be here. Um, Yeah, the names you mentioned are quite accurate. Um, And myself, I'm also, uh, as you mentioned, a co-founder. Yeah, so TOCO is a venture that um, we've created um, as a a way to make climate change easy or climate action easy, rather. that every single person, communities around the world can come together around a shared purpose of valuing the action of removing carbon from the atmosphere. Um, we, we all understand that climate change is a thing. And, um, and actually on my on my shirt, I'm wearing the representation of atmospheric uh, carbon concentrations in the atmosphere since the industrial revolution. Um, and, you know, we've we, we all know that there is a, existential problem with um an overproduction of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and we can go into the reasons why um but we wanted to we wanted to focus on solutions um we think that the time for the time for talking is over um and the time for action is is now um so we got together we put our heads together and we have created a solution that we believe is um is easy for communities around the world to adopt um, and has a chance to create tremendous, tremendous impact.
0: Now, Paul, you were you founded a company called Lobster Inc. Um, I had a look at the website before we started chatting. It looks like it's in sort of content marketing space. Am I describing that correctly? And uh, is that company still going? You're still running that business as well?
1: Uh, no, uh, we exited that business. Um, it was an edtech platform. We focused on hospitality. Yeah, so we, we trained skills, knowledge, procedure, um, and sold to, it was a B2B platform, um, and we sold to businesses in the hospitality sector from luxury lodges through to uh, the big hotel chains around the world, Marriott, IHG, Hilton, et etc. et cetera. Uh, We built their content internally, um, translated it into more than 23 languages, uh, moved to Geneva, uh, had a head office in Geneva, and then eventually sold. We were training about two million people around the world um, in about twenty-three different languages, and um, yeah, we exited that business about two and a half, three years ago with my co-founders, um, and that's really where the, the journey into climate and climate tech started.
0: Right. Well, how did it start? I mean, this isn't is not the usual business venture that people go on. You've and you've you you you're starting this business with two guys who who are known for uh, fiber to the home initiatives. Uh, I know Neil very well. He's uh, he, he uh, in fact i was um i met with him when he first trenched the first bits of the Vumatel network in Parkhurst it must have been about seven or eight years ago now um and I never sort of pitched neil in the in the climate uh, space uh, how did you guys all get together
1: yeah it's an interesting question so um I think after the lobster Inc exit um it really piqued my interest in in climate change I wanted uh to focus on on my next kind of chapter being a legacy focus and and follow purpose um, rather than just just profitability um i know that joe and neil um after they had some time and space to think after their V-Metal exit they uh, i think joe um happened upon this when they were they were building Vumatel, they they had an idea of connecting the solar panels also to the homes because they had ducting under the the pavements and i think he that's when he started kind of down the, the carbon credit kind of side of things trying to understand the voluntary carbon market and how the mechanics of the voluntary carbon market worked um and then when he had a bit of space and time i think during lockdown um joe really um kind of put his mind to work at solving this problem um and i met i met them kind of during that time um and we we kind of f- formulated this idea. Um, but Joe did most of the thinking, as I said, during, during lockdown when he had the space and time to really kind of, um, apply his mind, bounce ideas off Neil <clears throat> at the time, um, got some international economist consultants to look at his paper, um, and, and really kind of, did the due diligence um during that time Um, and we got introduced through a mutual friend Um, at the same time i was kind of on my own climate journey um struggling to understand the incentives around the removal of carbon dioxide Um, everybody knows it's a very important activity but i kept coming back to understanding why people would uh, value it why people would actually do it when uh, emitting carbon dioxide is often cheaper than not emitting carbon dioxide um, and how we managed to how could we manage to solve this incentive um, and at that time when those questions were going on in my head after what i had learned in the in the previous two years um, is when i met joe and Neil, um, and yeah my first time reading joe's paper um i think i stayed up till 4 a.m because i had this kind of eureka moment it felt to me that um Joe had thought through the incentive correctly and, and had, um, had settled on something that did solve it, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's how mm-hmm. we met, through yeah. a mutual friend. Okay.
0: okay, so this new digital currency, it's called the TOCO, uh, where each yes. unit of this crypto yes. in circulation represents one ton of carbon dioxide equivalent removed from the atmosphere. How does it work exactly? Uh, please take us through, in simple English, uh, assuming I know nothing about blockchain or crypto, exactly how this concept works?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I need to correct your first statement, Duncan. It's uh, it's okay. not a crypto. I've already got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we we are quite we, we're quite proud of that of that fact. So we've worked very hard to keep ourselves out of the cryptocurrency space, um, oh. and I, we can go into many reasons for that. Um, and I, and I think maybe, maybe let's start there. It's a digital currency um that looks and feels more like fiat currency or normal money um, and it is not an anonymous um, it's not anonymized and it has a central um a central authority and I I'll, I'll go into all the details and specifics around that but it's it's not decentralized and it's not anonymous um, and we very importantly we, we want to make it a transactional currency so hence the reason why we're piloting in Stellenbosch. Um but our, our aim, our purpose is that this becomes a transactional currency around the world. Um why transactional? Because we believe currencies need to have utility. You need to be able to use them to buy your coffee, your lunch, your bills after work, your shopping online, and everything in between. Um otherwise we don't believe that that if a currency has no utility, then it's kind of gonna be gonna be phased out. Um so how does it work? Um very simply put, it's money as tons of carbon stored in a digital wallet on your phone. Um, What that means is that uh, there's there's two entities, the Carbon Reserve, which is a foundation, a not-for-profit foundation in Besson, Geneva, Switzerland, um, purchases carbon credits, verified carbon credits. Um, We call those carbon mitigation assets. It's proof of carbon uh, that has been removed. So we purchase those, we hold those as assets. Uh, We apply a slight risk mitigation factor uh, depending on the type of credit, um, I can go into more detail around that. Uh, but but we grade the credits in terms of quality. When I say quality, I mean mitigation value. So has a ton actually been removed, and the proof um, of that is how we consider value. Um, generally, the more expensive the credit, the higher the proof, um, and the better the verification factors are that that ton had been removed. Um, we work with third-party verification entities. Um, We buy from their registries, but we operate within the voluntary carbon market and the construct that has been around for over 20 years. Um, So we buy those assets and then we we create currency um, in the equivalent ratio to the assets that we hold. So each toco in circulation is um, is equivalent to one ton of carbon that has been removed from the atmosphere. Um, So as the as the currency in circulation within communities. So let's take Stellenbosch as an example, because we are we are proving our concept here. Um, the more currency in circulation and the more individuals that demand to spend in TOCO rather than spending in RANDs, puts places demand on the creation of more TOCO. The creation of more TOCO can only happen by buying more uh, carbon reduction assets, carbon mitigation assets. This puts places demand firmly on the activity of removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So the activity of spending in the transaction the environment, buying coffee, buying your lunch, buying a t-shirt, whatever you're shopping, um, using Toco places demand, um, on the activity of removing carbon from the atmosphere. And in that way, we, um, we enable communities, um, to create change just by harnessing the power of their daily activities.
0: I think I'm. I think you're going to need to dumb it down for me slightly more, Paul, because I'm not quite sure, <laughs> not sure I'm getting exactly how I, as a consumer who buys this digital currency, am, am I helping the planet. What What exactly? Let's say I I go onto the app and I purchase a hundred token and I use those to buy my morning coffee. How am I benefiting the planet in that process?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. So let's, I'm going to use um, an example of of the general person in South Africa's carbon footprint. So by living in South Africa, on average, it's between 7 and 10 tons um, that we as individuals through living our normal daily lives emit. Um, And if you had to buy your lunch today with 180 rand, um, or you could take that 180 rand and buy one toco because that that is the exchange rate and you sp- you, you buy your lunch with one toco. you've essentially created demand on the removal of one ton of carbon so that's that removal that proof um, and the underlying asset of that could be a forest in Madagascar it could be um, uh, removed in South America it could be removed in South, Af- South Africa you know any activity that removes carbon dioxide um, you know, we will purchase that asset. And we will hold that asset as a result of creating that, that token that you've just demanded by paying for your lunch in, in toko, you've essentially you know, created the removal for that ton. And in your term, you know, your 10 tons of carbon a year that you emit, um, you've essentially removed one of those tons because you've added that token into circulation. Um, and if you do that 10 times throughout a month. You could offset your entire year's worth of carbon emissions individually just by buying your lunch uh, for a month, for example now there's a there, there's a very um, uh, important message I must say there in terms of offsetting and carbon neutrality, um, you are creating demand for the removal of carbon dioxide that 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 asset is held in the carbon reserve, but it is not retired, which is um, technical speak in in the kind of the climate and carbon world, um, but it is important to it is important to, to kind of call that out while I explain this.
0: You, as the consumer of or the user of, of, of Toco, can you determine uh, how, what initiatives are, are used to reduce your carbon emissions? Is there that level of granularity available?
1: No, no. So the carbon reserve um, makes those decisions. Um, and the, the the important thing about the carbon portfolio or the, or the CMA portfolio, carbon mitigation asset portfolio, is that it's a, it's a range of activities. So there are roughly about 170 different types of carbon credits uh, now. And in the voluntary carbon market, there's about 700 million tons of carbon that that goes around the the voluntary carbon markets that is traded on an annual basis. Um, And there are varying qualities, uh, varying range of assets from agricultural to geological to technological, ocean-based carbon credits. Um, So it is the carbon reserve's responsibility to purchase the highest quality assets uh, possible um, at the right price and to make sure that um, that mit- mitigation value is of utmost importance. Um, so, you know, while while we want to invite citizens of the world to participate in the voluntary carbon market, it is quite a daunting market to, to understand and kind of purchase the right, you know, know, knowing what assets to buy, the right kind of assets to buy is actually quite a... Um, Quite a, it's quite a complex field, um, so we've got experts who work in the carbon reserve who make those um, who make those decisions by buying the right assets, risk rating them correctly. Um, so we actually hold more assets than uh, token in circulation because of that risk mitigation factor. Um, yeah,
0: right. So uh, consumers who are interested, in, I mean, why would a consumer want to use token beyond? Saving the planet. Um, obviously, there will be many consumers that are interested in doing that because of the benefits you get to the planet. there any other particular reason, economic incentive, why I should use Toco? Yeah, I mean,
1: there's. I guess there's many economic incentives uh, why I should use Toco. But I guess the, the the primary purpose here is that is that you you're essentially doing a really good thing. Um, you know, by by just going about your daily activities, you're creating demand for. You know significantly more than your than your carbon uh, footprint. Um, the other economic activities is is or benefits is saving in Toco is essentially holding a piece of environmental wealth. You are you are holding uh, tons of carbon on your personal balance sheet. Companies can also hold tons of carbon on their balance sheets um, and hold it as a as a as a current asset, um, potentially against emissions that they are emitting through their business activities and, and daily lives. Um, but it also could be a, um, an investment. You know, as, we, as we will see um, in our future, the, I, I guess the demand for carbon removal, we could see that increasing um, as we continue to emit and temperatures continue to rise. Um, the demand for the activity of removing carbon dioxide, we, we could see. Um, a case for that demand increasing, um, so by holding um, Toco, you could potentially um, see a gain in the in, in the price of Toco. Uh, but it's a currency, so that the, you know the exchange rate um, will go up and down with supply and demand uh, changes. I guess, um, yeah. The, I, I guess it's difficult to comment on the inflationary benefits um, with holding Toco versus. Um, some of the other currencies um, because it's you know we, we, we still are at the start of our journey, um, but we do see it as a kind of an anti-inflationary um, move.
0: Okay, I was going to ask how the, the foreign exchange rate is determined for Toko. You say it's a free-floating currency and, and its price will be determined by, by its users.
1: Yeah, well, um, the price is determined by the cost of the underlying asset. So the assets we purchase and the risk rating um, that we apply um, does affect the, the, the. That's the majority driver of the of the price of Toco. Um, one thing to understand is that is the purpose of Toco is to expand the voluntary carbon market and expand the activity of removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Um, so ultimately, if if we increase the demand side of that marketplace uh, we could see a case where um or we expect to see a case where the the, the price um, of a carbon credit starts to increase um that will mean that there will be more market participants coming into the voluntary carbon market um and expanding that that um th- that marketplace um ultimately we we would love to see a gold rush on removing carbon from the atmosphere where where mining the atmosphere becomes a very valuable um, activity, um, you know, if we think about, if you think about, you know, normal currency being backed by gold and the demand that we saw on that, you know, in gold mining, um, and then a more recent example, like, um, like Bitcoin, you know, the, the, mining a cryptographic code to extract value, um, where your, your elements of scarcity is computing power and electricity. Um, you know, instead of, instead of proof of work, um, being the thing that creates the value. Um, we would love to see a world where proof of carbon um, is the thing that creates, creates the value because then we're pointing um, you know, huge humanity's energy and innovation and investment um, in the right area, which, which is ultimately the reduction of carbon dioxide um, from the atmosphere. And ultimately the underlying asset of that is normally a natural world, natural resources.
0: So there's no proof of work Bitcoin style mining going on with your digital currency.
1: No, no. The, the, the only, well, the the proof is the proof of carbon removed from the atmosphere. Um, so that, that also is a, is a good way to think about it. You know, in in the Bitcoin world, you would need proof of work. You need the cryptographic code to be mined, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but to create a TOCO, you need to mine the atmosphere. You need to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Now, yeah, you know, as an example, farmers, um, you know, can change their farming practices. Um, they can embrace soil carbon sequestration through regenerative agriculture, um, but that takes time, investment, planning, um, you know, change in strategy, um, and ultimately, at a price of you know between five to eight to to ten dollars a ton, depending on the quality, um, a ton of carbon removed. That isn't always enough. You know to to make that investment necessary, uh, but as that price starts to increase according to the demand um, you could see a world where uh, more and more farmers start to embrace it because it's now a financially viable thing to do um, i I mentioned earlier around the incentive and I guess this speaks to the heart of what of what of what toco is about is trying to create a a viable and economically viable and valuable activity out of the removal of carbon dioxide because you can sell it on a marketplace that where the price is rising um and if you can do that if carbon dioxide had this utility had this use case um, and was a valuable activity to mine it and a valuable commodity to to sell um then you could see you know huge large-scale reductions of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere
0: okay how do you determine how many tokos are out there? Um, is it? I mean, Bitcoin is limited to 21 million bitcoins, I think it is. Uh, that will ever be mined. Um, are there similar limitations on toko?
1: Um No, there's no limitations on toko. Um The the you know the more Toko is demanded, the more we'll um, have to go and create create them. And I've explained the mechanism of, of creating the, the currency. Um, the yeah. You know, Communities we hope will embrace Toco. Companies will embrace the concept of Toco, um, and if we see this huge spike in in adoption, um, the challenge we see and the challenge we foresee is the supply in the voluntary carbon market. Um, so we'll need to expand that uh, very quickly. Um, to put that in perspective, so, so the limitation and the, the element of scarcity that I think you're referring to there um, is the the cost of mining carbon from the atmosphere, the cost of removal, the process of that, and um, the planning, the strategy, the R and D, um, and and ensuring that that is measured and verified correctly. There's all costs, and that all takes takes time and investment. Um, so there is that you know, ex- level of expense and investment and and element of scarcity. Um, we often talk about carbon dioxide as having actually very similar properties to gold. Um, it's expensive to mine. Um, it's relatively scarce Um, it is divisible um, and it has little other use case outside um, of the base for money. You know, it's, it's seen as um, in with gold, it's, you know, soft and malleable. It was never used for weapons or industry. Um and it's you know, gold was used as a, as a signal of wealth. You know, you had excess money, so you, you could, you could display it on your person. Uh, whereas CO2 is more of a virtue signal. You know, I, I care for the environment, I care for the future. Um, therefore, I am going to you know, reduce my carbon footprint and my communities and my countries, you know, all my companies. Um, you know, so, so there is that element of pride of you know, taking care of the future of the planet.
0: Take me through the business model here. I see there's a 1% transaction fee on all transactions. Is that, is that how this business makes money? Are there other revenue opportunities?
1: correct yeah the the one percent transaction fee um and that's that's built into the payment um network uh the payment platform is built off a, a blockchain um but we built our own blockchain um to ensure that we could control the um yeah, the, the, the the proof of identity um and the individuals um kyc um know your customer so we we built that into the blockchain we also built um um, some um, anti-money laundering AML protocols into the into the blockchain, so it's incredibly safe. Um, I also mentioned uh, the centralized nature of the carbon reserve, um, so it's and that you know, identifies it as not a cryptocurrency and behaves more like a like a fiat currency. Um, but yes, the, the the business model is really to be simple. It's a one percent one percent transaction fee um, levied on the sender. Um, so the sender of the currency makes use of the service of of exchange, um, and therefore pays the one percent payment fee.
0: Okay, and so you're rolling this out in Stellenbosch? Have you um, contracted yet with merchants? Uh, can Can I actually go into a coffee shop, for example, in Stellenbosch today and spend Toko?
1: Absolutely, Duncan. In fact, you can. Um, we uh, you, we we're very proud of the fact that you can spend a couple of days um, just spending in Toko. You can. Have a coffee you can go for breakfast you can go shopping you can buy yourself some some nice new clothes you can go for a haircut if you like i can see you probably don't need that right now you can stay in a hotel and you can take you can go to a wine farm and you can go for a beer after work you can go out for a lovely dinner and you can choose between an array of restaurants and you can do that all in toko Um, so yeah, our our aim is to, is to get every merchant in Stellenbosch accepting Toko. Um, and the reason why we really kind of hyper focused on one town is that, um, we, we wanted to be everywhere, um, we're signing on, um, users at the moment and, and the response has been quite phenomenal, um, in terms of, you know, people adopting it, merchants adopting it, um, and, and everybody's talking about it. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been a. I think it's been a good decision to launch in Cbosh, uh, besides the fact that it's great to be here and it's in our backyard um yeah so so you're welcome to come down and spend your whole your whole day or two days in Tokyo. Um yeah well, this could some be fun.
0: It's, it's about time I came down for a visit to bosch Actually, um, what is what are the regular, What's the regulatory side of this? Um, do you have to get licences from the FSCA and other regulatory bodies? How how is a business like Toko regulated in South Africa?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, we spent uh, the better part of uh, kind of six months last year um, investigating that. Um, so in, important to know that. Um, TOCO is registered out of Switzerland. Um, So we're governed by um, a lot of the Swiss regulations when it comes to how the payment network is is administered. Um, And the reason why we chose Switzerland is because I've got very defined, um, uh, relatively advanced legislation on on operating a blockchain payments network um, and very clear, specified ways in which you're doing it. And the Swiss obviously are also very thorough in their in their approach um, so the challenge was mirroring those regulations which we were complying with with the local regulations um, south africa's regulations are still in the state of development um, and are being advanced at the moment um, recently well late last year um, we were kind of given the guidance that we must become an fsp um, and that will be happening in in june this year there's the application process open so we will certainly comply with that um, it's, it's important to mention that, um, we spent, uh, we spent a lot of time in, with the compliance committee in, uh, Standard Bank. And we're proud to say that we, um, we, we partnered with Standard Bank. So when, when there is a transaction with Toko, when you're exchanging rands to Toko, it's a bank to bank transaction. Um, which is, which is quite important. As I think most people, when they think digital currency, they think cryptocurrency, you know, some, far removed distant location but um we've we're very proud of the fact that we partnered with africa's oldest bank um with such a kind of innovative solution um and also using another thing that we're proud of in in terms of innovation is uh, having this blockchain payment network integrated with the traditional finance world um we believe that the technology suite of blockchain is is it 's a phenomenal technology, uh, but the application of cryptocurrency it 's going to be difficult for um, that to be integrated into the traditional banking sector because you know there 's no kyc and it's, it 's anonymous and decentralized um, so we we believe that the blockchain that blockchain technology exists, but we just we 're just changing the application um, so that it's it 's safer um, it lives within the traditional um, banking sector. Um, and has safety and security um, of our of our you know, of the Toko community at heart, um, and as number one priority.
0: I know that um, Bitcoin and, and uh, similar cryptocurrencies were developed originally as uh, transaction as transactional currencies. I know this isn't being pitched as a crypto; it's a digital currency. Um, but uh, and you, you want this to be a transactional currency. You want people to spend tokens in coffee shops or wherever they happen to be. Um, yeah. But in the cryptocurrency space, we've seen a lot of uh, cryptos becoming investment vehicles. People put money into Bitcoin as a hedge against the Rand, for example, or they just expect the value of Bitcoin to, to increase over time. So they're not using it as a transactional currency. Um, do you expect that some people will invest in TOCO as an investment rather than as, a, as, a, as, a, as an e-wallet or a, a means of spending that money? And if they do do that, is that a problem or would you welcome investors in the currency?
1: Absolutely. Um, look, if you hold if, if you hold Turkey, you're holding a, a piece of environmental wealth, as, as we say, you're holding tons of carbon um, and that can never be a bad thing. Um, the I think the, the reason why some of the cryptocurrencies are more um, attractive investment vehicles is because there's volatility. Um, and if you if you trade that volatility smartly, you can make a huge amount of money. Um, I don't believe we'll see that level of volatility within TOCO because it's a centralized, you know, there's a centralized authority, the carbon reserve, um, that will, will, um, that it will be buying assets to, to make sure that the price is maintained. Um, And because of this underlying asset, um, we don't see huge volatility um, spikes. Um, So, you know, at at the moment, we, we're still early days. So, you know it's it's we, we're not seeing huge demand just yet um, but as soon as we launch with banks as market makers which we plan to do later this year um, and have toco on their exchanges we'll you know open it up to much bigger demand um, demand signals and demand swings um, so at that time you know m- maybe that's the thing but to answer your to answer your first question, um, you know would we be happy if people invested in absolutely um, any any um, demand placed on TOCO places demand on the on the activity of removing carbon from the atmosphere, so it can't be a bad thing.
0: Okay. Now, I'm in Joburg. Uh, can I buy TOCO right now, or do I need to be a resident of Selenbosch?
1: Absolutely, Duncan. You can you can log on to uh, to your app store. Uh, you can download Tokos, TOCOs, T-O-C-O-S. Um, load the wallet, go through the security steps. You'll need to do KYC, so you'll need your your ID and proof of address. Um, buy Toko to offset against your footprint. You can hold it for the moment. Um, but then the next time you're in Stellenbosch, you can you can come and buy coffee and lunch and use it as a transactional currency. Um, we will be expanding into South Africa uh, second half of this year um, and, and globally as well. Um, uh, so, so this is a global initiative and we just kind of testing and iterating in Stellenbosch. Um, but we foresee after June to yeah, to be launching in the rest of South Africa and and globally, um, yeah, probably San Francisco. When you globally, um, you...
0: Sorry, Paul, when you launch globally, will you launch the whole world at once, or will you go after targeted
1: markets? It's a it's a very interesting question. I think the um, I think the strategy of launching in one town works quite nicely uh, because. Um, because you get that velocity of money, you know, you have lots of consumers and lots of merchants, and there's lots of utility to use the money. Like every store you go into, uh, you see Toko around, so it becomes a kind of um, an easier habitual thing to do. Um, but the, the strategy for launching globally is actually to turn it over to communities and say, you know, here's a platform where you can enable uh, climate action. Um, you know, go and go and run it yourselves. You know, so if somebody in Johannesburg feels passionate and strongly about climate change, they can, you know, we'll give them the tools and, and abilities to, to launch it in their own communities um, whenever and, and wherever they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Just take me through the process of, of spending TOCO. I keep mentioning a coffee shop, so let's, let's continue with that analogy. Um, I've had yeah. my coffee and I'm now ready to pay. Uh, what do I do? Do I open up the TOCO app and scan something or how, how does it work exactly?
1: Yeah, we've tried to make it as simple as possible. So you open up the Toko app, um, you scan a QR code. It's a it's a circular QR code um, that's standing on the counter normally, um, or on the till slip, uh, or in the bill folder. Um, so we we're experimenting with um, new ways of of you know, that payment interface. But at the moment, it's a, it's a QR code QR code payment system. Um, okay. So it works <laughs> like any of the other digital wallet um, QR code payment systems. Um, importantly, right. though, that Toco is the payment network that actually sits behind the digital wallet. Um, we launched the digital wallet in Stellenbosch um, uh, to test and trial and see how, how people use it. Um, but I think the long-term strategy is to link in with all the other digital wallets so that you can pay in Toco, um on, on any digital wallet, you know, Apple Pay or any of the other, the other digital wallets that people choose.
0: And when you make a payment, this is all happening in real time on the blockchain that you built.
1: Correct. Um, so each block, um, uh, the, the blockchain produces a block in about six seconds. Um, so average time for a transaction is six seconds. And that's whether you are, yeah, whether you, you're doing it here or, or any, any location. Um, so yeah, around, around six seconds. Um, and the, the, the blockchain uh, can facilitate about 2000 transactions a second
0: two thousand a second wow, well, okay and and can scale I presume you you, you have the ability to just scale it as you need to as the
1: system grows absolutely yeah yeah so we kind of thought about and built scale into the original architecture of of how we put the blockchain together um, and and yeah it's it scales really nicely um, from you know, a couple of the decisions that we made early on um, we can see it's yeah moving up to it's two thousand transactions a second at the moment um, you know obviously that that kind of demand will take, take a while to, um, to come to fruition. Um, but we wanted to make sure that when we do scale, um, that the ability in the architecture is there.
0: And then the 1% fee, I know you mentioned this, but who pays that fee again? Is it the merchant or the consumer?
1: So the consumer pays a 1% fee, um, and merchants um, pay a 0% transaction fee. Uh, which is, which is quite unique in terms of payment systems because, um, a lot of those, a lot of the other payment systems or payment rails, um, is about, you know, two and a half to three percent on average. Um, so we've seen a good response from merchants, um, and we want to, we want to try and encourage, um, consumers to support merchants, um, who are, you know, kind of, uh, enabling this network. Um, but yeah merchants are are responding really nicely to the, to the 0% uh, transaction sure, fee I'm and sure, yeah. obviously obviously once they become a sender then they then they pay the 1% transaction fee
0: yeah so was that um a deliberate strategy to get merchants hyped up about using this platform because at the moment they're paying as you said 3 3.5% credit card fees to the banks for example for fiat currency transactions was it a deliberate yeah. strategy to to get the merchants excited about an alternative
1: um yeah, yeah. Also that that we didn't necessarily see um see see you know charging merchants more as a as a strategy for, for growth. Yes. So we wanted to get them excited, we wanted to get them on board. Um so we did create a system that facilitated um a slightly easier uh, conversation, for sure, yeah.
0: Okay. Where does the name TOCO come from?
1: ton of carbon offset. So uh, the molecular structure of carbon dioxide is C with two O's, one carbon, two oxygens. Um, so ton is the, the lowercase metric uh, you know, symbol for one metric ton. So ton of carbon offset um, and T-O-C-O. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's where the name comes from, ton of carbon offset. Yeah. Great.
0: And then lastly, yeah. uh, Paul, uh, um, how do I access? You mentioned the apps. You, go, you can search in the app store. It's, it's iPhone and Android, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, Pokemon, just search yes. T-O-C-O-S. Yeah, yeah. So, and download the wallet. Um, you can register. We need your, your email address. And then um, go through the security protocols. There's a 12-word a um, security, security phrase, which, importantly, um, each consumer needs to store in a very safe place. Um and that is that is your access to your wallet, so nobody else has access to that if that's lost then you know then that money you you need to keep that to access that um it's not it's not like one of these custodial platforms that we keep um you know a version of it, of your uh, your codes. It's important that each individual holds access to to their wallet themselves um and then there's um as i said id proof of address. You log on and then you buy tokos with any credit card or any debit card, um, and you do that through through the application. And again, just importantly, that's a bank to bank transaction.
0: So just to understand that, Paul, uh, what you're saying now is, is do you you're keeping as the consumer, as the user of the service who who has purchased Toka, you're keeping the cryptographic keys. Is that am I expressing that correctly in your wallet? Yes, and the, you the, don't the security
1: cryptographic
0: keys like an exchange would, like a crypto exchange would. So it's up to you as the individual to take responsibility for securing your own wallet.
1: 100%, 100%. It's, it's security in your own hands, which um, we believe also is um, something that differentiates us from a crypto or an exchange, is that you are in control um, of, of, of your money um, and your, your tokens.
0: And uh, can you buy Turcos only through the apps or do you need to, can, can you do it through the web as well? Do you have a website where people can interact and transact?
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, you can download the, uh, well, you can log on to, uh, on the web browser. Um, it's Um And you can sign up there. Um, you can log on to the web browser and um, yeah if you if you're interested in it and um, you can leave it and we're not in the, your area um at the moment you can buy Tokos within south africa so outside south africa if you're not on the south african app store um we we we're not there yet um so you can leave a leave us a note tell us you're interested and we'll we'll get to your region or area um as soon as we can but at the moment anyone in south africa can download Tokos and um toko's uh, wallet and, and buy, buy and hold toko's, yeah.
0: And do you, do you expect at some point, I know that you you've said this is not a cryptocurrency, but do you expect at some point that uh, tokens will be tradable on cryptocurrency exchanges?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I, I, I think we, yeah, we, the, the strategy that we are moving towards is, is certainly away from crypto space. Um, more and to be function like more like a fiat currency, um, so we would prefer to be traded on banks exchanges with other f- with other uh, forex trades um, so that's that 's where we 're aiming towards yeah so to be part of the kind of traditional institutional financial sector um, with all the other currencies
0: great well, uh, it sounds like a great initiative i 'm going to go and buy a few uh, tokens now and uh, check it out. Uh, Paul Rowett is CEO of Toko. Thanks so much for taking the time and best of luck with the new venture.
1: Thanks so much, Nick, and I appreciate your time.